I think I wrestled every match in overtime from round one to the national finals. <laughs> Your parents, I man, mean, I feel bad for them. Oh, my dad, I've never seen my dad cry in his life. And he's in, he's in the stands crying. I'm like, well, I get it now. At first, I was like, is he just happy? No, he's probably about to have a heart attack. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time and I stood wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. Bonus episode for you this week. We have Oklahoma State assistant coach Chris Perry, two-time NCAA champ back in his heyday, was part of some great Oklahoma State teams. We have Chris on to talk about the U-17, U-20 World Championships, the coaching changes in Stillwater, and a few stories from his competitive career. So I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the Week goes to a recent Apple podcast review. This one is from our friends David H. Five-star review. Subject, Henry Cejudo. I can't thank you enough for sharing Henry's story. It was an absolute pleasure to be a part of this project. David, thank you so much for your help with the Cejudo documentary series and for the review. We greatly appreciate it. If you haven't listened to the Cejudo experiment, stop what you're doing. Go listen to the Cejudo experiment. It's our multi-part audio documentary on the great Henry Cejudo. It went live in April. Go check it out. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great Chris Perry. Chris Perry, welcome to the podcast. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Big news in Stillwater, man. Give us your thoughts, man. I'm excited for you guys. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, you know, glad to get Coleman Scott back. He coached me, um, you know, when I won my first national title in 2012. So um, I'm excited, man. It's uh, it had some head coaching experience. Uh, great guy, good, great family, great wife. Um, three kids and just uh good people man just good people motivating people to be around has a uh goal and you know set and uh we're ready to take this journey with them excited it's funny i just had teak Moore on the podcast not 15 minutes ago and i'm thinking about all the great lineage at oklahoma state and i didn't even think about coleman coaching you when you were there so how when was he around for you it was, uh, he left after my first national title. He was in the corner with John, uh, when I wrestled Matt Brown in 2012. Um, okay. 
what's crazy is when, as when I was growing up in high school, I was about Coleman's size. So I used to train with him all the time. And he actually gave me that opportunity. I mean, a lot, actually. Um, in high school? Yeah, he was. He put it on me pretty good. But we, <laughs> I got the opportunity at camps and stuff to uh, go to wrestling camp to work out with him about every day. He was getting ready for the world trials or something. So um, I had that opportunity growing up as a kid. So it was pretty special for me. Was he the one who pinned Joey Slayton in about a minute in the NCAA finals? Yeah, it was like probably the first 30 seconds of the match. It was uh That was crazy. Yeah, it was one of the one of the more special times in OSU wrestling there. Yeah, no doubt. No, I was uh I was looking through it, man, and like you look at you know your squad when you were there, J O Caldwell, you had who am I missing? Derringer, thank you. And then uh, we had Alan Galagayas. We had John Morrison. We had seven All-Americans, Blake Rushholt, and we lost by a half a point. What year was that? That would be in 2012. We lost by a half point. Penn State had four finalists and no All-Americans. We had seven and two finalists. No and we had, shit. Yeah, we, we had five in the top three. God almighty. Yeah. John Morrison, Illinois legend. Wow. That's crazy. So, you know, there's so much going on in wrestling right now. And like I typically when we talk to people, we talk a little bit about their career. Chris, you were one of our first guests, man. So we're going to hit on some old stuff. But I want to hit first and foremost on, you know, you 17, you 20. You know, you guys just got back from Jordan. What was Jordan like? It was good. I actually enjoyed it. Um had a tough draw, I think. That was the only hard part. The trip was actually, if everything could have went wrong, it went wrong for us. Our flight got canceled, had a 10-hour layover, and everybody got food poisoning, and they lost their bags. So I was like, all right, well, if we're going to win it, this is how we're winning it. <laughs> and uh, then we drew uh, the four-time world champ from Iran, first match, or second match. And it was pretty, I mean, he teched everybody through the whole tournament. And it was, it's like, all right, well. Yeah. Part. So it was good. It, uh, the, the, it was nice over there. I was actually pretty shocked. I, I expected a little different, but we enjoy the experience, you know, and uh, we'll learn from it. We weren't satisfied with what happened, but it's part of it. If you're going to be the best in the world, you got to beat the best in the world. Is it the warm up area looked like a tent? Yeah, it was out. It was uh, outside in the back, pretty small. You got about, I mean, you didn't have much room. Better shoot your high crotches and single legs pretty tight. <laughs> now, was the Russian team? I know they were competing under the, the 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 neutral banner, but like when you're back there in the warm up area, is like Team Russia hanging out together, or like what's the scene there? I didn't really see them, to be honest, back there. I don't know if they maybe they were. I, I didn't. It's so it's so crowded back there. It's even hard to find where who is where's who and who yeah. who's what. I'm, USA was, Iran was, we were right next to them. And I saw a couple of Japan and that's about it. I mean, you can barely see. It's just a bunch of wrestlers crowded. It looks like the Little League tournaments where everybody's trying to get on the map. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, it looked like that. It's a, it's it's not a place you typically hear about wrestling tournaments being held, but I'm sure you know they're trying to build things up out there. So um yeah, I heard about the food poisoning too. Uh, it just seems like a crazy experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, we're still kind of dealing with it, all of us, um, which is crazy. We're about ten days into it. 
But, um, I, yeah, I don't know if it was the water or the food or that made it hard on everybody. I think I, I know the women's team had it pretty bad. I, I roomed with my brother, so he was the worst. And then I think he coached Kennedy and she was in bad shape when I saw her. She, I think she had it the worst for sure. She was in dire straits from what I hear. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I saw, he told me that she, I mean, she could barely even hold herself up. And so it was, he was proud of her, I think for just getting out there and, throwing it on the line. I mean, I think he was even hesitant of her doing it, pretty scared about it. And um, she wanted to do it, he said, and uh, ended up with a bronze medal. So pretty cool. Pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, Kennedy Blades is amazing. And, you know, what your brother's building out there at the Sunkist program is awesome. I didn't even think about you guys rooming together. Yeah, he he showed up. uh, I think he was about two days after me. Um, But, yeah, it was cool. It was good to see him. Been a while since been in the same room he's been gone at Blair since he's 15 so we're back to back to roommates again that's freaking crazy man and and you look at the u23 landscape you guys got plot on the team when's the u23 worlds uh we got plot and sammy alvarez sammy's actually going out there too for puerto rico that's not till um i think it's in october or november like second week we i mean he's gonna go out there um and then we wrestle in two weeks after that in college. So he wants to do it. He made the world team. Once you do it, um, you know, the year before that he made it and Shiraki got third and took his spot. So, I mean, he got, he was automatic. Once you placed in the trials, you kind of get to take their spot. So he was a little upset about that, but it is what it is. It's the rules, I guess. And um, yeah, so he made the team this year. He's excited. And uh, the chance to go win a world championship for him is, uh, that's the goal down the road. So he wants to go put it on the line. And I think he's getting there. He's, he's really made some jumps this summer and uh, went over to the seniors at Poland with Dayton and them and got third. Um, but first mm-hmm. time overseas was in Poland. So he's never done it. Um, and he's excited to go, you know, put it out there. Wow. I didn't realize uh, Alvarez made it as well for Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to go over there um, and we're going to have two there and, uh, it should be fun. I think uh, it's in uh, as of right now. I heard they're switching the location again. Uh, it was in Finland, or I think yeah, Finland, and they're switching it from. Uh, we don't know yet. They still haven't announced it. So. Oh really? Yeah, they kind of did it on us last minute with the uh, Jordan deal too. We had a parent Christian's dad bought a ticket, so already to Poland. They kind of. I don't know. That's <laughs> UWW. <laughs> And you guys got a, I think you can talk about him because he's an incoming freshman, uh, a really, really studly wrestler from Illinois, Braden Thompson. Talk about him, man. What do you, what'd you see in him? What are you excited for? You know, I've been with Braden really since he was a little kid, which is crazy. He, he grew up in Kansas city. Um, and I used to do wrestling camps and I, I've worked with him forever. I mean, I can't, I think he might be the first camp I ever did in college and he was there. Wow. So just super excited about him, man. He's a, he's a winner. That's all I can say about him. I mean, I've been around a lot of wrestlers in my life and it's, it doesn't always, it's not the flashiest. It's not the best. He will get his hand raised. I mean, it's just who he is. Mm-hmm. And he reminds me a lot of, uh, I mean, and I don't want to compare him and exaggerate so much, but re- reminds me a lot of like a Kyle day. Just, it's, it might not always be the 10 point win or, or the, 
but he, I, he's gonna win. <laughs> and yeah. it's just who he is. It's like I've seen him win a thousand one point matches, and it's just like he wins every one of them. I've never seen him lose one, and it's just uh, that's what's special about him. He knows the moment. He knows how to compete when it gets hard. He can, I mean, and he just he knows how to get it, get it done and that's all that matters in the long run i wasn't the flashiest wrestler and people probably didn't even i mean you didn't even like watching me wrestle but it doesn't matter to me. i mean when you let that go with your ego and everything and you realize at the end of the day nobody remembers the score right <laughs> they remember if you won or lost it's, i think it's key and he knows how to do that he's i mean he's one of my uh he's like a brother to me so it's um he's one i've had since he's a little baby and that's important to me it's he's almost family to me so um i'm excited about him he's doing really well right now uh we got he's a little bit caught between weights this summer was a little light i think you were weighed in at like four pounds five pounds under at you uh u20 u20s and went 86 and still made the finals it's wow. like and, and he got a little outsized in the finals he was winning that match got hit in the double gave up four but uh went over to poland wrestle some guys they put and then it was plus two kilos over there and it was like oh gosh now we're really underweight and then uh he's right. learning he's right there man he's gonna be right there he's gonna be ready to win um he's ready to win right away i think I'm, i really believe that so i'm excited about it and uh he's got a lot to give yeah i mean you guys have had you know, a pipeline of some of the very best Illinois wrestlers ever uh, going on to Oklahoma State. You talk about John Morrison, the great Albert White, Mike Benefield. Now, these names might not mean something to everyone, but in Illinois, legendary status. But, Albert White, oh, yeah. remember him? Albert White, yeah. Albert, me and Albert White were roommates. No um, shit. Yeah, I was just down there with Albert and uh, Little Rock. We had a retreat this summer, and... uh I was down there with him and Neil Ayersman and then we took all our guys down there and trained with Little Rock uh, this summer. So it was cool. Albert's one of my good buddies. Um, I'll tell you what, if Albert's uh, injury never happened, I promise you he was going to be a Division One national champ. If Albert would have never broke his neck, he was going to win it. You know, he was, he was undefeated uh, when I was in college on my team at 157. And then he broke, we bumped him actually in a dual meet to 74 two weight classes up to Russell Dorian Henderson, who was ranked like seven. And he was up by six in the first period. Albert was, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and shot another double leg and his neck cracked back. And that was it. Is that the national duels? National duels. The scariest moment. Cause I had to go out next. I was crying on the side of the map. And Holy it was like, yeah, it was one of the things I've ever been through was watching that, you know, you watch one of your teammates or your buddies and <laughs> he's not moving. Well, that ain't good. No, it's like, man, you think about Illinois, uh, team Illinois Fargo that year, Benefield, Albert White, John Morrison. It's like, good Lord. Like that was a special time. And you guys got all three of them. Like, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Mike, Mike was great, man. Mike beat me at Fargo. And he was like, when I remember going to that tournament, everybody knew Mike Benefield. Really? I mean, I was, and he, he won that tournament in my bracket. And I think Mike beat me every time in high school. Yeah, he is another special talent. Yeah, it's a, it's crazy, man. And it's like the the Oklahoma State's been consistent and 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 in the top tier for so long. You look at now, like the wrestling now has changed so much, especially in our world, right? We got new Arizona State in the Big Twelve. That's got to be exciting. I mean, yeah, just- yeah, we're excited to add more teams. I mean, 
you know what, the, the more competition and the closer we can get to the Big Ten, you know, and being that type of conference and having that type of competition and the more qualifiers we can get, let's do it. I don't care who it is. You know, whoever wants to come over, if, if we can add good teams, we're going to add them and hopefully we can add some more. I would like to see, I mean, I know Oregon State's way up there, but I'd like to see them get realigned. I mean, I hope they're wanting to get them, obviously, and why not? Come on. I, mean, I feel like they have to, like they're going to have, if Oregon state doesn't get in the big 10 or the big 12 budgets are going to be waxed. Like there's, there's no, they need to get in and that's going to be awesome for wrestling. You think about Pendleton getting in there. Heck yeah. yeah. He's done a great job there. You know, it's they're competitive. Now they're right there in the top 15 in the country. I mean, consistently oh. now guys yeah, got a dual team that can beat anybody. And it's just like, let's, uh, I mean, this is what we need. This is what it's about. I mean, we're not, the, I think, um, these athletic directors or whatever, the conference realignment, like, dude, it's about competition. Let's do it. Put them yeah. in on the conference, but worrying about who's got money. And it's, I mean, at this point, it's it's about helping the sports. So, I mean, you talk about, you got Damian Hahn at South Dakota State. They're doing great things. You guys are obviously perennial power. Iowa State's building. Missouri's really good. I can hear Shane Sparks getting nervous that I'm about to say that it's tougher than the Big Ten, but uh, it's getting close, man. It's getting close. It's a uh, in Arizona State, you know, that's that's a legitimate addition to the to the conference. Yeah, I think I, I think we're we're coming around the corner. I think it all depends. I mean, the ACC's gotten tough. Wrestling's ACC. getting tough. Yeah, that that's the difference. Is what people aren't understanding the sport is it, it ain't the same as when I was in college. It was us, Penn State, Minnesota and iowa and ohio state when i was in college and, and outside of that and i might be missing one or two but outside of that there's nobody that could even get close we, we would win seven out of ten matches every time it doesn't matter who you are if you're ranked sixth now it doesn't matter if you're ranked 20th you're in a scrap in a dual meet if you're not if the matchups aren't what you want and it's great it's what you want this is what we've always wanted in our sport whether it's affected my job with us losing or it doesn't it's part of what this we're trying to grow here yeah and it's like um i think it's just key it's look what wrestling's done i mean the rankings in high school I had a conversation last night back when i was in high school number one and two guy in the country in high school were totally separated from three four five six all the way to 20 number one can lose to number 18 now in oh, high yeah. school I mean, it's like you said, the Albert Whites and the Benefields, and the, there's no more of those that just dominate their whole career and never lose a match in high school. I mean, I can't, I'd be mind blown if that's happened in the last three years where kids never lost a match in high school. Yeah. I mean, and, and kids that have even won world titles battle and make it back on the team. It's like crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they go get beat in the state tournament in the finals or something. Right. That's <laughs> I, freaking there's nuts. There's been one or two of those, I bet. It's just, uh, it's wrestling's getting that tough, but I think a lot of it is it's due to the the, the club coaching. You know, the, we got these um, college wrestlers now running clubs, good ones, Strip Matters and uh, Lawrence's. I mean, these guys are national champions, guys that are coaching little league clubs, and the development's just so good. You got Ben Ashkin, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you got Izzy, you got all kinds of them. Daniel Cormier, Olympians running high school programs, and that's what we've been dying for this sport to get to forever. To give back to it, put these high level thinkers in these positions and look where wrestling goes. So it's, it's exciting, man. And you know what I love too about uh 
about Oklahoma State is that you guys are constantly expanding the schedule. Like you're basically wrestling Big Ten. You start with Minnesota. I know John's been doing that duel forever with with Minnesota. And mm-hmm. that, that's an early duel in the year. It used to be at least. I don't know if you guys, do you guys still do that one or no? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, right now, I, I, as of right now it's on the schedule. We're, we're kind of playing with something uh, with our schedule, possibly uh, going to Vegas this year instead. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. If we haven't been there. I think it's, a, uh, it's not for sure yet. It's, um, I think we'll know here in the next couple of weeks, but it's an early season tournament and we want to hit some of those East coast schools, Cornell, Virginia techs, Ohio yeah. state. We don't see them till the national tournament. And I think it was a kind of a plan of ours to get out there early and throw our guys to the wolves and see what we're made of. And then you can readjust as the year goes on and with dual meets like, all right, he might not be ready. Oh, he needs to get here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something we're going to, our plan is right now. We're going to Italy again. I know that. Oh, nice. Uh, that's not a hundred percent. But the Italy versus North Carolina State duel is probably going to happen again. So just trying to make put ourselves in some scenarios to uh, have some matchups before the NCAA tournament that we need to have. I'll nominate myself official podcaster for the Italy trip if we need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking I'll go to Italy. You kidding me? It's shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No joke. Man, it's funny because like you, th- you talk back to, uh, you know, that. Some of those duels, like when you guys used to go to the St. Louis Open, you know, Askren and Pendleton wrestled in like a high school gym the day before the St. Louis Open. Now we're going to Italy. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's like I said, I used to go to uh, the Omaha Open and the Lindenwood Open and all those things. And <laughs> hey, here we go. We're going over the seas now. Absolutely. Just a few more questions for your coach. I'm going to let you go. Yep. Heading into this year, we got some new rule changes. What are your thoughts? Where do you st- where do we stand? Uh, I like it. I mean, three point takedown is good. Um, I you know me, I, I just go with it now. The rules seems like the rules are changing every every year, so you got to adapt and adjust. Uh, three point takedown is good. People like watching wrestling on their feet. When you watch kids work out or you watch coaches run practices, most of the work's done on their feet anyway. I mean, you're coaching that way. We don't fight. We don't put much emphasis on top and bottom. It's not a structure practice just for that only. So right. let's do it. Do it. It helps freestyle, I guess. Uh, I mean, with continuing to move forward and freestyle after the folk style season, if you're focusing on your feet. But um, I like it. I, I mean, I don't know. I just go with it now. Right. It's like every year there's this new stall call, or you can't put your hands here. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let's just do it. Make the adjustment, and we'll figure it out. It's funny because freestyle is in a pretty stable place uh, in terms of the rules. The new rule this year with the uh, the caution and one was a little squirrely, but um, in general, though, pretty good. Would you have added push out to folk style or no? No, no. I, I, a push out is how aggressive of a point is that you're not shooting. You're not even on the offense. You can it's sumo and, and it's not me being mean about it. I know people will be hard about my opinion on that. It's just like, all right, guys, I don't believe if you can push somebody out of a circle, you deserve a point. I mean, it's just, I, I think if you take an offensive attack and you push them out of bounds, okay, great. But there, there's just too much that, that would allow you not to have to wrestle and you could just push mm-hmm. and, and without taking shots. And we want to watch the best wrestlers attack and shoot and put up points on the board, but to, to deserve points and you could possibly win a match by just pushing guys out of bounds. I don't know how, I mean, it's almost, like I said, it's like 
being in sumo. I worry what would happen to the scrambling too, because I love those scrambles, you know, on the edge. And yeah, that's, I don't like grounding. I hate grounding. It's really ugly. Yeah. I, I kind of saw that overseas a lot and the guys are mastering it, you know? Oh yeah. Where, where, okay. There's 45 seconds left and I'm up by one. I can back up, back up, back up and I can just drop down. And, and how's this guy going to jump? If he tries to go behind me, I'll stand up and walk him out. And now I'm up too. Mm-hmm. And I, and they're great at it. Actually, I would say foreigners are twice as good at it as we are. We're not good at it because we panic. We jump and then we get on our knees and we almost get ran up to our feet and give caution to one, like you said. So they, they got just, no ego involved. They'll drop down. They don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't give a damn. And yeah. um, I don't even know who I watched the other day. It was like 40 seconds left. It was somebody overseas. And I mean, this dude, it straight from the whistle, went backwards stopped his feet and was ready for the guy to come in and try not because an Iranian did it to him, underhooked him and he just dropped down. It's mm-hmm. like the dude he's like waiting on him to run the corner. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a stall tactic and I'm probably the last one to talk about stalling. I did it. So but it <laughs> is what it is. It's like they're playing the game, they play the system and it's pill I mean the rule you gotta play the rules. It is what it is. People don't like it. They might boo you. They might think you're a boring wrestler. Uh, you've got to play the rules to be great. Well, you talk about in our first podcast, your first NCAA title. I think you, uh, it was just nail biters all the way through. And then your second NCAA title, you really opened it up. But yeah, that's uh, you, what, what that first time through, how, how tight was it for you to get through there? Oh, God. Um, I think I wrestled every match in overtime from round one to the national finals. <laughs> your parents, I mean, man, I feel bad for them. Oh, my dad, I've never seen my dad cry in his life, and he's in, he's in the stands crying. I'm like, well, I get it now. At first, I was like, is he just happy? No, he's probably about to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I was a little banged up then. I, I had an injury, and I no excuses, but I had an injury that kind of kept me from really being able to pull the trigger. Uh, I hurt my elbow uh, the week before at Big 12s. I was mm-hmm. wrestling with it pretty good and just never been hurt and i'm trying to win my first national title and it wasn't anything crazy but trying to win my first national title the pressure knowing i have an injury barely winning all year already when i was healthy now i'm second guessing myself all of a sudden you know and it's like just a lot of uh i don't even really know how to explain when the way i won it was just it was so ugly it was like whatever just how are you still winning as the tournament went on i remember the guy at first round was 14 and 16 and I'm in overtime, you know, just like, what is going And I'm the number one seed. It's like, wake up, dude. Just gritting and, it out, man. God. Yeah. The, yeah. The hard part is it wasn't even gritting out. It was like ugly wins. I don't even like it's still one at the end or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing five of these. How are you doing it? Um, yes. Uh, God on my side that weekend. Yeah, no, definitely, man. And you look at, you mentioned your dad, and obviously you come from a long line of, of wrestling champions. Your brother, uh, first and foremost, your dad back in the uh, in the 80s for the Cowboys and some of those legendary teams. Um, you know, what was it What was it like growing up for you? Were you basically doing an RTC from like eight years old on because you grew up so close? Yeah, pretty much. It's Man, I, I'm so fortunate. And honestly, if I would have never won... I don't know if I'd be in the sport because I felt like, I mean, I've seen it all. I've, I've had so much more than every other kid just being, I mean, I, I grew up sitting on the wall when I was five years old watching Teague Moore, Eric Guerrero. I mean, all these guys, I've watched them all. And it's mm-hmm. like, they grabbed me after practice and just beat the hell out of me. 
you know, and just run. I mean, like I grabbed a national champ every day when I was a kid and, and name another high school kid that's got the opportunity to do that growing up and, or another kid. So it was, uh, I had everything. I'd seen it all. I knew everything. I, I even got to see the hard times, good times, bad times, uh, relationships when they were in college. And so, yeah, I basically, I've been in that room since I was five and Stillwater High. I got to watch my brother grow up a little bit. Um, we had a lot. I was very, very fortunate to uh, get to see the things I've seen. And it's helped my coaching career 100%. <laughs> Without that, I don't know if I could even be a good coach because I've watched John's good times, bad times, great mm-hmm. times. You know, I watched him go on the run and it was like, or that run for years like that and all the ups and downs. And then I, I'm, now I get to be part of the ups and downs and uh, just very fortunate to have that opportunity. And I'm very grateful. How old were you when the four Pete happened? That was Mark was in college there. So that was kind of a weird time. Mark was at Iowa. So I'm like, all right, now I got to go over here and sit in the Iowa section with Mark. I mean, like, and kind of root for Mark. And then I'd run over there to the OSU section and sit over there. So I'm kind of being, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm kind of over here playing both sides of the fence. And I'm like, all right, this is awkward. And I was kind of getting to the age where people actually knew I wasn't wrestling. I was about probably 15, you know, or 14. Um, So they, I was having success in like little league tournaments and stuff. And so everybody's starting to ask, like, are you going to go to OSU or are you going to go to, I'm like, Dude, I'm not going to Iowa. <laughs> I, Mark and me, uh, we're two different people. But that was even uh, a thought in your mind. They never recruited me, really, which is crazy. And and I get it. Um, at the time, I think they had a guy at my weight, a good guy. I don't remember. He was number one in the country. That kid out of high school, uh, maybe Grant Gambrel. We used to wrestle each other. Oh yeah, from Iowa City and, West. Yeah, yeah, and he was good. And it was it was just. I think they kind of at that time it was there was no there was no need for me really. Or, I mean, they had already had a guy that was pretty successful. And did you wrestle Evans too? Or was he after you? Yeah. yeah. I wrestled Mike Evans, Lofthouse, and I never wrestled Gambro. He got hurt, had a neck injury. Yeah. He did get hurt. Yeah. Um, those are the only two I wrestled Evans and Gambro or uh, Lofthouse. But so when you're, so when you're at the NCAAs, your brother's wrestling Hendricks, obviously you're, you're, but you're deep down a diehard cowboy fan through and through. Like no party is cheering for the Hawks outside of Mark winning. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was. Yeah, did I was I happy for him when he won a team title? Yeah, because I I know what that means meant to him. Um, when they won that t- title, I was if OSU couldn't win it. Um, yeah, I was going for them at the time. Oh yeah, but, brands came in after that. Yeah, and those and- were crazy years. Yeah, that was kind of the end of the era with OSU winning too. Those guys have been out about two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys, the good like uh, Zach and uh, Coleman and those guys, they were or not Coleman wasn't out yet. I think it was Zach and Johnny and Jake Rushholt and Mako, and they had been out about two years. So and they were training for the Olympics. So it's kind of into that era where they were on that peak or the run. And yeah, and I, I knew my brother's whole goal after he won the first title was like, I got to get a team title. I don't care how we do it. And yeah, I, was, I, I wish, I mean, yeah, I was rooting for him for sure to win it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it, man. Zach Esposito out of Stillwater. What a legacy he left. Let's just wind down with this, man. Talk about impact he's had on you and your thoughts on him heading to Colorado. You know, uh, Zach, Zach's been, he's been here 20 years and I've grown up watching Zach. He went to school with Mark at Blair and 
Zach's great, man. Zach, um, he loves the sport of wrestling. He knows so much about the sport of wrestling. Zach coached me my senior year for how, um, and he really, without, without him, I'm not sure I could have won it. Um, just gave me that attention. Um, really gave me a lot of encouragement. Like, this is how we're going to beat him. You know, this is what we got to do. And, uh, you know, John had to run the room and Zach really just isolated himself with me to go get this guy, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, this is how we're going to beat him. And I really appreciate everything uh, he's done for me and everything I've worked with him for the last seven years. And, um, Zach's a wizard when it comes to freestyle and technique. Um, I mean, absolutely knows everything, knows all the Russians. Know. I mean, he could break them down and it's really, really, really good at that stuff. Like one of the, one of the best I've ever seen at it. And, um, wow. and I've been around a lot of good people. Yeah. Just really knows the sport and the skills, uh, of, of foreign wrestling. I mean, I never really got caught up into foreign wrestling that much. Cause I was just like, I, I don't know. I, I never, I was always a folk style guy. I grew up and I never really wrestled much freestyle when I was a little kid mm -hmm. and he can break it down to a T, you know, he really helped, um, D lock it this summer, go win a world championship. Um, that uh, kid's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's good. And hopefully we keep him home here in Stillwater. Um, but Zach really, I mean, D made jumps in the last two weeks. Zach sort of was training with him and I mean, working out with him in the RTC and um, a lot of good things. And so I, I really appreciate everything they did. Their families are great people. He's going to do big things there. I'm just telling you guys, he's going to, these kids, uh, the development part of it, that's his area and he, he's really good at it. It's awesome, man. It's so cool to see the lineage. You got the great Ernie Monaco. You got John Smith. You got like the lineage that he's going to be taking to those uh, U15, 17, and 20 teams. Awesome. And man, future's bright for Oklahoma State. Chris, it's been an honor to have you on, man. It's so good to see you again, brother. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for everything and go Pokes. Yes, sir. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was brought to you by our friends at CauseMatch. They're an online peer-to-peer -peer crowdfunding platform. And if you're looking to supplement your fundraising efforts this wrestling season, go to causematch.com slash wrestling. That's causematch.com slash wrestling. We'll see you next time on a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life.